You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 54. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Impact Summit. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to be talking about what makes a great PMO leader. This episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, the premier global event designed specifically to help PMO and project leaders make a bigger impact in their organizations. Have you signed up yet? If not, you're missing out because we are bringing together top thought leaders from around the world to share their best guidance and action-taking downloadable resources that will help you build your skills and take your organization and projects to a new level. This event and our fantastic new mobile app and community are completely free to join. We're having a lot of fun leading up to the big event in September with games, prizes, free resources, live stream Q&As, more free training, and so, so much more. Join our community of impact drivers inside the mobile app and network with your peers and speakers so you don't miss any of the fun and opportunities for you to build your skills and make an even bigger impact. I have my friend, Dr. Christoph Hernley, and he is one of two CEOs at Meisterplan and has been with the company since 2015. He has a PhD from the University of Munich and over 15 years of professional experience in projects covering a broad range of today's challenges, from strategy to transformation, from reorganization to IT, from traditional product development to agile software engineering, and from working on a single project to steering multiple project portfolios. So a wide range of experience. Christoph, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. So I want to let everyone know how I met Christoph. We were both at the PMI PMO Symposium, and it was, I think, the end of the day on one of our days there. And someone who had been in one of my courses, actually, said, Laura, Laura, come here. I want to introduce you to some folks. So I sat down next to Christoph and said, my friend Jesse Fuel was with me as well, because we were both speaking there at the PMI PMO Symposium. And we started talking and Christoph, I'm not sure how much time went by, but I feel like it was hours. And we were both so excited talking about PMOs, talking about the future of PMOs, talking about the role of project portfolio management, talking about all of the mistakes that PMO leaders are making and how much passion we have about helping to serve those that are serving their organizations in such a high impact way. And it was just a fantastic experience getting to know you and your leadership team. And it was great for me to see an organization like yours where the leadership truly gets it and doesn't just talk about it, but I could feel from your entire team how important this was to all of you. And so I built my career in PMOs and supporting the PMO community. I was a PMO leader for 15 years. And so to see that just warmed my heart and 
We just, you know, we, we mm-hmm. we're crazy talking about all these great things that PMOs can be doing, should be doing, how we can help and how we can serve. And so when we were planning for the summit and I, I said, Christoph, we've got to have you guys as a part of this because your message needs to get out there. So for all of you listening, and that's what we were trying to do here. And so Christoph, I think our audience will get a little bit of that back and forth and how much passion mm-hmm. we both have about this in the conversation today. So great, again, thank you so thing. much for being here. The, the great thing when we met, I remember we were just completing each other's sentences and that's why it took so long. So let's make sure that we keep this short today. Exactly. <laughs> so we promise we won't spend two hours, even though we probably could on such an important topic, which is about how PMO leaders can really be great PMO leaders and what that looks like, what that bar looks like and how they can do just that. So As we dive in here, Christoph, let's start with what exactly does it mean to be a great PMO leader? What does that look like? You work with PMOs all over the world. Mm. You guys are doing some really big things in the project portfolio management space. You're helping PMOs and organizations around the world make a huge impact and help them achieve their strategic objectives. So you're seeing a lot of this. So talk to me about from your perspective, what does it really mean to be a great PMO leader? To me, the question really consists of two parts. One is what does a great PMO leader do? And the second would be, what's the required mindset? So for um, a question number one, I'd really recommend to anyone to listen to the PMO Strategies podcast and uh, working with you, Laura, to help bulletproof the PMO. I think the work you're doing is fantastic and it's focusing on outcomes, not outputs, being an impact driver, and then doing a lot of work. This is understanding business goals, managing expectations of management, creating value roadmaps, checking for delivery, and marketing what you do to the organization. Yes. So what you you do is super practical advice, and I don't want to repeat what you say there, so I'd rather focus on on, on part two. But really, for everybody, listen to Laura's podcast, be at the PMO Summit. That's your first step. The second piece is the mindset, and I like to think of it the following way. To me, a a PMO leader is a business leader who happens to be working in a PMO. Mm. A business leader drives business impact, right? A business Mm. leader understands corporate goals, manages expectations, ensures delivery, rings a bell. Mm -hmm. And what's more, of course, business leader leads a demanding expert workforce. Mm. And I think we'll get to that a little later when we speak about what is the role and what makes a PMO leader successful. But that's something you also need to consider. So essentially, a PMO leader really is a business leader made for modern times. Yes. You know, I'm reminded of this debate that I've been having with the thought leaders and experts in the PMO community for a long time, because one of the things that I say to them, and this is all about those mindset shifts, right? So if you are listening and you haven't listened to, I would say, episode zero through eight, where I kind of lay the foundation and talk about these mindset shifts that people need to make, definitely go back and listen to those episodes. They are a game changer for you. So Christoph, thank you for bringing that up. One of the debates that I have with people when they haven't gone through those mindset shifts is the role of a charter for a PMO. Now here's my take on this. PMOs should not have charters. Charters are for projects. The PMO, if you intend for it to be around for a while, if it's meant to be a business unit, treat it like a business unit from the start, which means we are business leaders, not project leaders. We have a business-minded focus and we should be treated like every other business unit in the organization, which means we need to have a business plan, just like every other part of the organization needs to have. 
you don't ask the finance department to put a charter together to justify their existence, do you? <laughs> so <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. So I could not agree with you more that that's the PM beating each other's sentences. That's yes. Really, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. And I've been having these debates with people that I very much respect in this community. And I keep saying, stop telling them to put a charter together because there's some really dangerous things that happen. A charter is for a project, which is a temporary endeavor. It's something that starts, it's something that finishes, and then it goes on into operations. It goes on into being you know, much more of a, this is how we run the business, right? But people will say, well, but setting up the PMO is a project. Sure. Okay. But when you're establishing who you want to be and you're establishing how you're going to provide impact and make an impact in the organization, the value to your organization, you should be measured the way the other business units are measured, which means you need to be acting like a business unit. If you want to be treated like a business unit, act like a business unit, right? And so if you want to be treated like a business leader... Yes, exactly. So you want to be treated like a business leader, act like a business leader and show intention for your PMO to be around for a while. So I'm glad that you said that because there's so much about the mindset shifts, but also it's really how we show up in the world. Are we project focused or business focused? And mm-hmm. yes, of course, the projects need to happen. But if you wanted to have that seat at the table and respect and credibility, you need to have more of a perspective of being a business leader to your point, I very much remember one of my first jobs as a project manager. And while some of the project management theory would say you're responsible for delivering outputs, right? Yeah. So that was totally not the case. <laughs> <laughs> this is about what's the end result as in what's the impact that you're delivering? What's the business result that we get from your work? This right. is about have you checked the boxes? This is what's the outcome. Right, exactly. I think that's, that's true, especially if you look at managing one project or a lot of projects. It's the same for managing you know, a portfolio, which is what a PMO leader would do. And this is about delivering as much value as you can from the resources that you have at your disposal. I mean, that's even PMI definition. I mean, this is about delivering value. Right. And that's something that I think is missing from at least thus far in the PMBOK. They're starting to get a little better, but I'm super excited about PMBOK 7 and what I've been hearing. And some little birdies that I've been sending to those that are working on that team to develop the content for the next version of the PMBOK, much more focus on outcomes and value. But I also want to say for those that are PMP certified, it's really not their fault that there is such a big focus on outputs. Think about when you study for the PMP, it's inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques. You don't really talk a lot about outcomes. You don't really talk about return on investment. You talk about EVM, but again, don't get me started on EVM. The one piece missing from EVM is value, right? We don't actually show value in earned value management. We show progressions of schedule and cost. But just because time has gone by and just because costs have been spent does not guarantee that we're actually going to get that value and that return on investment that we're expecting. So I just want to let some PMPs off the hook here and just say what got you here won't get you there. So The PMP, having it, great. I've had my PMP since 2004. Totally support the PMP and the PMBOK and what PMI is doing. And there's more. Mm. And now we need to make shifts to look a little bit more beyond just those outputs that we're creating Mm. and make sure that we achieve outcomes that are in alignment with what our business leaders really need, right? Mm -hmm. So I was referring to the portfolio level. We're thinking on value, you know, your role as something being a value driver 
is more pertinent already, just as this is a business function by more or less by definition. This is from high up in the organization. I mean, we don't right. need to speak about it like an EPMO, but still right. you would install a PMO because you want to move forward on your business goals. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the big challenges that we see around is that organizations don't work on the things they should, they're supposed to be working on right. and that they don't work together across silos. Right. So naturally, this is a function that sits outside a specific function. So already this was PMO was installed for a specific business reason, which is value creation. Right. But while doing it, while setting it up, a lot of folks, they focus on the stuff that's easy and that's so producing you know, templates and stuff. No, the hard bit is understanding your stakeholders' goals. And I'm not speaking about strategy. I mean, if you have a strategy, great, <laughs> if it's written down, great. But typically, you have people around you who are stakeholders of your PMO, and you need to find out what's important to them. Right. You need to collect that, and you need to make it transparent. So this is all the stuff that you want me to do. So where do you want us to start as an organization? And I think that's a discussion they want to have. Your stakeholders want to have this discussion. They'd be happy to make decisions on priorities because they're managers and that's their job, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I meant around a value focus in portfolio management is something that's perhaps also already you know, a little further developed than it would be in project management, unfortunately. Oh, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of organizations that even though they have that portfolio view, mm-hmm. they still don't necessarily have the right mechanisms in place to take full advantage of the information that's in front of them. And that's where things like tools and automation and things like that can really be valuable, but you've got to be super clear on what the objectives are, right? And what matters to the organization. What are those few key indicators that'll feed, the metrics that'll feed making those decisions and making the right decisions. So I couldn't agree more. I think there tends to be more of a focus on value at the portfolio level. And I've also seen places where they're going through the motions, but they're not actually, you know, because of all the pet projects and because everyone has their own priorities, they don't really have that alignment, right? So I think that's one of the things that would really help PMO leaders truly be successful is where they can help kind of draw that alignment. So what's your perspective on what PMO leaders actually really need in order to be successful? Now, as I said, to me, PMO leaders are really business leaders. Yes. um, and I'll, I'll take a step back. And it's just 20, 20, 30 seconds. There are some fundamental truths about business from my perspective. And one goes back to 1979, Henry Minsberg, the structuring of organizations. So this seems really old, old fashioned, but <laughs> even speaking with people who are, um, you know, experts in self-organization stuff, they say it's all still true. So I guess pretty good. To him, there's three levels in the organization. There's what he calls the strategic apex. So that's executives and they have a specific role, stuff to do. Mm-hmm. There's people doing the work, calls it the operational core. And today we call it talent and teams, whatever. It's like people right. doing the work. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Yeah. It's people delivering value to customers. Fantastic. Right, right. Uh, and nothing bad about that. And then there's people in the middle. Mm. And he calls it the middle line, techno structure and support stuff. And what's important is what's the role of that middle line, of that middle layer, really? It's translating goals, pretty vague typically into an operational plan that the quote unquote operational staff would work on. Mm. That's mm. their job. Translating vague goals into a plan that makes sense, that can be achieved with the organization and of course, ensuring execution of it. Right. So as a PMO leader, you are part of the system. You're part of management. It's your management, the executives extended arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're there to 
bring the company forward on the corporate objectives. And whether that's big corporate strategy, opening a new sales office, or rather specific things as in equipping all meeting rooms with better video equipment. Mm -hmm. Same. But you would have to focus on what brings the company forward and not doing things efficiently. <laughs> That's also important, but focusing on the right things. Mm, so I like that. So it's more about doing the right things than ensuring that whatever you're doing, it's doing them right. So <laughs> it's not about how perfect can we get in our process as mm -hmm. much as it is, how mm -hmm. can we make absolutely sure that our time and energy is spent on the things that matter most that will drive the biggest impact for the organization. And, and the reason I say that, that clear, I know it's, it's of course both, you need to do things right too. But as we all, like typically we have careers in project management. And so we're the best project manager and then we do fantastic project execution and we do that 10 times. Right. True from a, like a operational staff career. Right. But you need to think of it the other way. Right. At some point, your mind needs to switch from I'm the best project manager to I'm a business leader. Mm -hmm. I'm there to move forward on corporate objectives. And to do that, your strategy changes, your goals changes, resources, available resources change, experts are demanding, need to rearrange who works on what you're uh, across silos. So who's better suited to do that than a PMO leader? Right. Because they have that big picture perspective or should, right? <laughs> and I love what you were saying there about the PMO becomes the arm or the mm -hmm. mechanism. I like to think of it as the, the PMO is the mechanism for ensuring that the ideas and the strategy and the goals actually get delivered in mm -hmm. a way that drives the highest return on investment possible. So I call those people impact drivers, right? That's why I call them impact drivers because what they're there to do is ensure that the impact is realized for the ideas, for the strategy, for the goals of the organization. And it's like we've talked about with respect to the PMO Impact Summit. This is why we are making sure that every single session has an action-taking resource. Because as you and I have talked about, Christoph, we go to a conference like the PMI PMO Symposium and everyone's all excited and energized. and They have all these great ideas. And I kept asking people, what are you going to do differently now with the knowledge you have? How are you going to behave differently? How are you going to make sure you make an impact? And so that's why we have all of our action-taking resources, because we want to make sure people don't just get inspired, they take action. And I think that's kind of the key for this role of this impact driver kind of function, this PMO function. You have this really cool perspective. And if you think like a business leader, you act like a business leader, you'll start getting into the conversations where you can really understand. You don't want to be an order taker. It's not just what did they, they, didn't, they said, go do this. Well, they don't really know what it takes to make those things happen. Those in that executive kind of layer don't yeah. necessarily know what it takes to make it happen, but they're counting on you. You're the arm, the execution arm, and they're counting on you to be able to turn that idea, that strategy into the impact that it makes. So I love that way that you've described that middle layer because it's not just administration. It's not the administrivia. It's not checking boxes. It's not seeing how perfected we can be with creating our outputs. Mm -hmm. It's about truly being clear about how the work, those folks that are actually doing the work can yeah. understand and connect to and be aligned to that strategy, to those goals. And that is a huge opportunity for PMO leaders. That's what it looks like to be successful. And yeah. in return, you get your seat at the table. You're a part of these conversations. They call you when there's a crisis, just like I was telling you all my students are experiencing that are in the Impact Engine PMO group coaching program. 
they are being called on when crisis hits, right? Actually, if if you have that business leader mindset, they call you because you're like-minded. Yes. Got them into their position. Yeah. What got them into their position was just the same thing. Right. Make things clear, being goal-oriented, making sure what you promise you actually deliver, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure you adapt to changing requirements. I mean, that's what they do all the time. And you're tasked to sort of bring it together across the organization for a number of units. Right. You need to speak their language and not project management language. Yes. Okay. We have to pause on that point because it's so important. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't tell you the number of times where I would, you know, I'd be on a panel at a conference or speaking at a conference and there'd be a Q&A portion and project leaders and female leaders would be like, well, my business leaders don't get what we do as project (laughs) managers. And when I ask them, what the PMO should do, they don't know what to tell me. And then I say, okay, well, talk to me about how you're asking these questions. Talk to me about the conversations you were having with them. And then they'll tell me and I'll say, yeah, did you see their eyes glaze over completely? Because they had no idea what you were talking about. We've got to stop talking PM speak at our business leaders. And I say at, not to, at, because they don't understand. It's like we're speaking two different languages and they don't need to get us. We need to get them. We need to get inside their minds, right? And we need to see their perspective. And the only way you will be successful in implementing the ideas of your business leaders is if you're in their heads and you understand what they're trying to accomplish. And then they don't need to know the sausage making. They don't need to know the details. They just need to know Here's the problem I understood you identified. Here is the outcome where you're going to help you achieve. And here's what that's going to take. And they understand you can't do everything at the same time. Yes, they do understand that. Right, exactly. So that's on the, um, when you start speaking with them across the organization, I mean, you'll get to a very, very long list of Mm -hmm. what people want you to do. (laughs) Then in a way, there's only one or two or three things that really, really, really need to get done. Mm -hmm. First three months, six months. Oh, that's another important piece. I think that's something that is also one of one of your podcast episodes, really. It's about how do you make sure that value is actually delivered? Yeah, and I remember you speaking about it, and that's something we find in all, all of our customers across the globe, is that you try to keep projects or let's call value delivering units, whatever it says, start and end and something happens in the middle, right. uh, to a three-month period. Sure, you get something out of that in the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, People understand that and say, okay, if we can deliver X in three months, okay, I'll never mind all the other stuff I said, if you can make sure this gets done. Yes. That's the different thing that we have. So there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Like people are incredibly impatient these days Mm -hmm. and everything's moving faster. Therefore, we need to figure out how to move faster. And it allows us to bring agile and an iterative mindset and approach, which has a lot of great benefits. You don't have to just throw everything out and just everything's got to be agile, but if you can implement a more iterative approach to value delivery so that they can start seeing things faster and feeling the momentum and seeing that momentum and growth, you win and they are thrilled, right? Because the days of multi-year projects And multi-year initiatives to set up a PMO are just no longer. We just can't do it anymore. And we've got to move forward to thinking how we can iterate and show value on a more frequent basis so that they feel and see the momentum. I think that's a really great point, Christoph. Thank Mm -hmm. you. 
I mean, just as you brought up the agility topic, there's, there we, we have these discussions every day, literally, yeah. more agile. Um, to me, personally, I think there is, a, there is a big misunderstanding in the industry. People mistake, think that agility is a method. Mm-hmm. It's not. To me, agility is a competence. It's mm-hmm. something that a is able to do. So you're able to adapt to changing environments and deliver value, reliably deliver value at the same time. And that's a, an overall competence that an organization needs to have. And while today everybody calls it agile, I would just, that's old fashioned, but I would just call it good business management. Because you <laughs> always needed to do that, right? I mean, there's always been change and you always needed to deliver and successful people and successful people who moved on in the organization become executives. Mm-hmm. They were capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And they delivered every three months or six months what, was, what they said they would do. So in a way, what I don't really understand is why everything has to be agile capital A, product management, Scrum. What, I love Scrum. You know, I'm, I have a degree in computer science also. But this is great, great stuff for developing software and potentially for other things too. But why would your executive suite have to do daily stand-ups? They can if they like, right? Why would a PMO have to do daily stand-ups? You can if you like. That's a practice. Mm-hmm. But what is the setup that you really need to develop in your PMO or in your organization so you are agile as in deliver results reliably and fast under changing circumstances? Yes, yes. So, and, and that means if you want to be an agile PMO, you don't have to do Scrum. That's the short answer. What you have to do is you have to find a way to, I'll just call it the three A's, anticipate what needs attention. So there's stuff coming in and you need to, need to adapt the plan for the next iteration, whatever three months that is. And then you need to accelerate that this really happens. And that typically is by having people work the way they want and they know they're most productive, by the way, and pushing decisions down to you know, the, the, the project level or, and, and the like. But this is what I mean. Agility is nothing about the Scrum artifacts. It's about competence that you build as an organization and that you just follow the three A's, I guess, and you'll be fine. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I'm so glad you brought that up because there's just, a gosh, I have so many things. <laughs> just like, yes, there's so many things in that that I think are super important to kind of pause on and allow people to really digest because what you're talking about here is so in alignment with the approach that I've taken to building and running PMOs for decades now. And it makes a huge difference in how people are able to see the value and the impact of the PMO and how it functions. And what I'm always telling PMO leaders, in fact, the module six of my Impact Engine PMO program is all about sustainability and evolution. And our whole approach to implementing the PMO is 90-day cycles. You get the first version of the PMO up and running in those 90 days, you're showing value, you're helping to achieve outcomes, you're measuring the results, and you have a plan to iterate. And that iteration I call evolution because the PMO must, to be successful, shift as the needs of the organization shift. And I'd love to get your perspective on those kinds of shifts that have had to happen because of the pandemic in 2020 and stuff in just a second. But that is a perfect pivot example of where businesses had to pivot and the PMOs, if they were going to continue to meet the business needs, they would need to shift. They would need to pivot as well. And the mm-hmm. successful PMOs did that. My You're students, a business unit too. You're yes, just any yes, other business unit. Yes. Exactly. My students did that. My students, one of them, actually, Andrea Sorelli was on the podcast recently because her PMO and project manager had to 
set up a COVID testing center in three days, something that normally in their community health system would have taken months to get set up in any place in the world. And they pivoted and they responded and they made a shift Mm -hmm. super fast and they got it done. And so I was doing a bunch of Q&A sessions as the pandemic was really starting to hit globally and PMO leaders were panicking. They're like, what do I do? And a lot of them were asking, how do I keep working on my templates and tools and process and stuff now? And I said, you don't, you don't. (laughs) First of all, nobody wanted you doing that stuff anyway. I'm not saying throw it out, but I'm saying nobody cared about that as much as you did. And of course there are mechanisms you need to get in place. And if that was your focus then, it probably wasn't, you probably weren't driving as much business value as you could have been then. And now if you want to shift that perspective, if you want to gain some ground with your business leaders, you want to become the trusted advisor and build credibility, go figure out what they need help with right now. Pivot, focus on something different that will help them in this time of crisis so Mm -hmm. that they can see that you as a business unit are solving business problems, not project problems, not templates and tools problems. Those are of course, needed at the right levels to help accelerate getting to impact, right? And I love how you were talking about that, about being streamlined and optimized and acceleration being a super important part of this whole concept of what the PMO should be driving. And this is a perfect example of that. So I'm curious for you to share your thoughts on yeah. that. Can I, can I give you an example for, that's just the very last point that you mentioned on the what's important and what matters in setting up a PMO and running a PMO and that templates that you provide might not be you know, the most relevant of all. <laughs> I remember a talk I gave in Geneva, Switzerland. It was PMO and uh, project managers and leaders, 300 in the room. And the question was, so let's look at a project portfolio management process where you look at demands and you have a demand intake process and then you have a way to categorize the demands and to look at what they really mean and then you determine what are the things that we want to be doing so, and then you create a plan and then you want to adapt the plan to what's uh, happening and then you control timesheets and then you control progress on the projects and then you control the impact of those. Mm. Now, then I ask people to raise their hand and say, so what do you think is the three most important activities in there? People raised their hands and it was clear that understanding what the demands are, creating a plan that can be adapted and making sure impact is delivered is the most important. And then I asked them to raise their hands again on what it is they do in their organization. Ah, ooh. (laughs) And you know the outcome. I do. (laughs) It was have a great intake process with fantastic templates. Do timesheets. And that's like the maximum heaven for old-fashioned PMOs. Right. That's just not what delivers value to an organization. Yeah, you need it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need it. exactly. Yeah. We, we yeah. acknowledge that you need it, <laughs> but that's not what you build your platform on. That's not what you mm-hmm. build your credibility on. That's not what shows you as a business leader. So there are absolutely mechanisms under there that need to happen, but we don't hang our hat on that and say, this is what we do. Business leaders are not going to see you as an equal if mm-hmm. you talk about, well, I make sure timesheets get filled out. Well, I make sure that we have 64 templates and an intake process that Mm. takes three months to get through, right? I Mm. make sure that no change happens on projects, right? When you say those things, your business leaders are like, oh, this is going to be fun. And I'm always telling PMO (laughs) leaders, I'm like, listen, I can promise you that no executive, when you go to them and say that, you know, and they're talking about a project they want to do, they're going to say, I promise you, they will never say, no, 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 come back when you have five more templates for me to fill out. 
They will never say that. They just want to know you're already behind the minute you walk in there. What they want is something they care about getting done yesterday. So the more you can streamline and accelerate achieving those outcomes and as the needs shift or as they get new market information or as you know, they realize that if they're going to achieve their return on investment, they've got to add another change. You help make that happen instead of protecting your triple constraints so much that the really value added stuff doesn't exactly. get included, right? So, so again, we just want to emphasize you do need, I'm sure you need time tracking and I'm sure you need templates and I'm sure you need and tools actually are great accelerators. The right tools are the great accelerators for automating the stuff that needs to be automated so that business leaders have the information they need to make educated and informed decisions as fast as possible, as streamlined as possible. And the right tools do help you do that. So we're not saying wild, wild west, not at all. Not and all. it's the decisions you're driving that is the part that your business leaders care about. It is the actions that you're making happen. It is the outcomes you're helping them achieve. Those are the things that your business leaders will see and say, ah, they get it. I can count on them. I can trust them and have them help me on this journey. And that's where I think PMO leaders truly then become what I call the strategy navigator for the organization. They truly are carrying that strategy through to achieving those high impact outcomes. And then that to me is what success looks like for a PMO leader. It's such a great example for helping your organization be more successful as in helping your business leaders be more successful. I mean, right. At the PMO, you work for you know, a breadth of, of units across the organization. And these are, again, business leaders, managers, so they make decisions, they drive impact. Yeah. For them to do their job properly, they need to have a decision prepared or a suggestion prepared. So you, well, what your job really is, as you said, to navigate that whole bit around strategy and changing goals, around right. delivery capabilities of the organization, goals of you know, the individual units and making sure they can make an informed decision. So it's your job to make sure they can make their job. Because mm -hmm. all they can do is thumbs up or thumbs down on your plan, right? right? right. But that all too often I see PMOs going to great length and detail on individual projects. And, you know, we have that status X and Y and Z. Does that matter to your executive board typically? Right. No, they want to know. So the stuff that we're doing, is that getting us to where we want to uh, right. be at? And if you have a suggestion as in, this is what we should be doing to get there the fastest, and perhaps there's one or two options or scenarios, right. fine, but this is my job. I prepare that decision for you to make. Sometimes, of course, as a few older, you make these decisions yourselves, but then you need to think of it from an executive perspective. Yes. So it's, it's a lot of, here's what I need and when I need it and how I need it and the outcomes we're trying to achieve mm -hmm. and what do you need from me, right? And that's what I always, when I was an executive inside organizations, I would always say, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Most of them really didn't get in most of my business leaders and nor did I usually get into here's exactly how you have to do it, right? That's mm -hmm. the sausage thing they don't even want to know about. Here's okay. what we're trying to achieve. Here's the outcomes we're trying to achieve. And if they don't tell you, we need to train them to say, and here's why that matters and how mm -hmm. that everyone is connected to that, that creates that alignment. And mm -hmm. then what do you need from me? right? Yeah. And most of them want to be told what to do, right? <laughs> they, want, they may not admit it. And you have to, and for some, you can just say, this is what I need you to do. Others, you have to be careful how you say it. But truly, they're there to help you accomplish that goal that they want to see achieved. And 
If you mm -hmm. make them look good along the way, whew, you will have someone backing you up and in your corner because they know when they work with you, you make them look good and you help them achieve their goals. So I hope this is giving people a good wide <laughs> variety of examples of ways that you can truly be successful as a PMO leader. Mm -hmm. Perhaps one last thought is on all different kinds of working modes or ways of working that are developing uh, today. One thing that I see work really well, and that's something that PMO leaders have to understand and work with, in traditional siloed organizations, everything is designed for efficiency. So you have efficiency and quality and everything sort of the same and same tools, same process, same whatever, same delivery. Right. Once you start working across the organization, take people from that team and that team or that business unit and so on, mm -hmm. they might have different ways of working in their individual units. Yeah. Um, what I believe is the PMO leader as a strategy navigator or an impact driver that makes sure business value is delivered, you shouldn't care so much about whether this is done with method A, B, C, whatever. This can all be true at the same time. Agile teams, fantastic. Traditional project teams, fantastic. Doing work, fantastic. Doing line management, all fine. That's all fine. I think you need to be able to work with different realities as you work across the organization. And that's something that you can try to put onto all one big system, one big methodology to rule the entire organization. I have not seen that work anywhere. Right. And so as the strategy navigator that you are as a PMO slash business leader, you can just focus on the outcomes and hey, there's people in the organization working on X for X amount of time, and then we check whether they have achieved their result, but not trying to put everything into one big monolith, which takes years to build anyway. Well, I think a lot of it just comes down to common sense, right? And the turning common sense into common practice. Do what makes sense for each project, right? Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I was implementing agile techniques long before I knew about big A agile, you know, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. We would do what made sense for the project. And we were in the dot-com insanity in the 90s when I'm working, you know, in an organization who's like kind of on the bleeding edge of e-commerce. And we were doing agile and we didn't even know. I was building my first PMO and I didn't even know that's what I was doing. We were just doing what made <laughs> sense at the time to ensure that we were achieving the outcomes that our clients, all of these companies that were trying to take their businesses online, help them achieve their objectives. So I think one of the things that, has always bothered me is people assume that the PMO is synonymous with waterfall mm -hmm. and that the PMO equals waterfall mm -hmm. and your PMO, any PMO should not be defined by any implementation mm -hmm. methodology. It's not an agile PMO. It's not a waterfall PMO. It's, it's not, not a, a hybrid PMO. PMO. <laughs> Nothing. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> Do not define your PMO by the implementation methodology because mm -hmm. first of all, you mm -hmm. may support that. You may train people on that. You may guide people through those implementation methodologies. You may provide templates and tools and resources and coaching around it. But mm -hmm. the methodology you choose or methodologies, which mm -hmm. make common sense to use in the moment, are not the determining factor of the value you provide to the organization. You are driving impact, which means you're helping your organization achieve outcomes with all different kinds yeah. of methodologies, with yeah. all different kinds of techniques, whatever makes sense in the moment. So I get so upset <laughs> when I hear. When I, yeah, but adding to that point, and perhaps that 
that could be misunderstood. I'm not saying, of course, that you shouldn't do project management professionally and that you right. should have a good agile process. Indeed, right. when you think of you know the, the accelerate piece that I think is part of agility, of course, the more trained you are in efficiently executing something that's been decided on, mm-hmm. better, better outcome, better results, totally clear. Um, right. We should reinvent the wheel like every, every project we do. So that's absolutely, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have standards in project management and agile. It's just that you should, as a PMO, as you said, Laura, not be defined by the delivery method and accepting different realities in the organization. And that's fine. Right. Right. Oh, I'm so glad we got to talk about that because I just think that's so important. And to me, it's just gotten so clear recently as I'm constantly correcting people that no, 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 you know, it's not Mm -hmm. about this us and them about agile versus the PMO. There are things that can be done that to the PMO Mm -hmm. is kind of above the implementation methodology and should be because to your point that you made so well, Christoph, it's about the portfolio view and it's about being able to drive the decision-making and help to realize that strategy and all of that is outside of which implementation methodology makes the most sense for that. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I want to cover one more thing because I can almost hear the yeah buts from our PMO leaders that are listening and saying all of that's fine and good except for in 2020, COVID happened. And in 2020, we had a pandemic that we were dealing with. And so they're saying all craziness broke loose. Talked about a little and questions we were answering and stuff, but yep. I was on this great path. I was a business leader. I was doing all these things. Yeah, but then mm. the pandemic happened and mm. now everything is uneasy, uncertain, it's shifting. And so I'm wondering, Christoph, if you can talk a little bit about how do times of crisis like this affect PMO leaders and how they should be leading their teams during crisis like we're dealing with in 2020? Mm. And it's an extraordinary situation, right? For all of us, both personally and as a business, right? Yeah. That's true for everyone. And to your question, again, I think there's two parts to it. One is, you're a business unit, so you're a business leader, so you lead people. And you need to take care of your people. And you, know, you should lead your team as you would during regular times, goal-oriented, yes, but also empathic, and uh, with integrity. And people look to you for guidance. That's a real leadership role, because there, there's uncertainty for all of the people that you work with. At the same time, when you're part of the system, you represent the company, so it's all so clear. Um, but that's sort of the, the leadership, the personal leadership piece. On the more professional side on what the PMO can deliver during times of crisis, I think this is where it shows. This is where PMOs can excel at reliably delivering business results despite changing goals, requirements, circumstances, staff availabilities, working modes. This is it. This is the moment. And that's what we've seen again with customers across the world. Mm-hmm. People saying, my gosh, I'm so glad that we work in a way that is value-oriented, that we are capable of building business scenarios, and that we can move through this crisis as effectively as possible. Mm-hmm. So again, that's good business management. Right. You know? And PMO leaders are in a unique position to help the organization move forward during these times. That's, I'm 100% confident and sure. Oh, yeah. I see that so clearly myself. And I've been telling PMO leaders globally during this crisis, they're all coming with all these questions right now. And I'm saying, listen, this is your golden opportunity. This is what you've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. You have a true opportunity here because 
you hold the keys to all the decisions that they need to make right now. Whether it's which projects do we want to pull back on? Do we need to shift priorities? What things need to accelerate? How are our resources allocated? Just think of all the questions that we have the answers to because we hold the keys to the data that drives those decisions. And that's why every single PMO, if it's not a project PMO or program PMO, that's just really about what actually program PMO still fall in this category. It's not about the single project. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, but for Mm -hmm. programs that are multiple projects for Mm -hmm. portfolios, every PMO in those positions should be doing portfolio management, Mm. every single one of them, because that's where the true value comes. That's how you become a strategy navigator. That's how you track impact. That's how you know that they're achieving the return on investment. That's how you provide the information to make those decisions. So I feel like it's such a unique opportunity when your business leaders need to ask and answer these questions because they have to pivot for the very survival of their organizations. Oh, yes is where the PMOs can thrive. I know that was a very good final point, but I want to encourage organizations to invest into this topic at that point. Before we have this conversation, I just came off the phone with a, an organization that's an engineering company, they're like 10,000, 12,000 people. And the one corporate project that they're driving today is introducing a PMO that is value-oriented. That's the only thing they drive because the board understands those things their PMO leaders help executives understand what the PMO really is good for. And that is making sure they can move forward, achieve their goals in changing circumstances. And so that's the one thing that companies invest in. And I think it's a very good time to do that. Go business leaders, go PMO leaders. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny because one of my favorite clients, he actually was a speaker at last year's PMO Impact Summit, Joel Albizo. And he's just one of my favorite clients because he totally got it and allowed me and my team to serve his organization so well because he got it. And we were going through this portfolio management exercise of all their initiatives in their whole portfolio. And he stood up and he said, wait a minute, where's the PMO on this list? If we don't do that right, none of this other stuff is going to matter. And so the PMO And the implementation of that PMO became their top priority. So Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying here, Christoph, and what I've seen in my experience as well, is that your business leaders do get it. This is absolutely an opportunity that PMO leaders and business leaders and PMO leaders who are now thinking of themselves (laughs) as business leaders can be thinking about the opportunities and talking about what the PMO can do, not from an implementation methodology perspective, Mm -hmm. not from a templates, tools, and process perspective but from a driving the outcomes and achieving that return on investment perspective. And if we can do that, there's no business leader that's going to say, no, 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 I'd rather you focus on more templates and process for me, right? (laughs) They're not going to say that. They're going to say, yes, that's what I need. So Christoph, thank you for the call to action to PMO leaders to shift their mindset and think a little bit differently about the true value that they can have and that they can help the organization achieve by thinking about their role as business leaders in their organizations. And that is what makes a PMO leader successful. Well said. Well, that's it for this session today, everyone. Thank you so much, Christoph, for being here. Thank you for sharing all these wonderful insights with the PMO community. I'm so grateful for you. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit the premier event for PMO and project leaders to build their skills and make a bigger impact in their organizations. 
And if you haven't signed up yet, you are missing out because we've already gotten the party started. So if you have not registered, make sure you go to PMOImpactSummit.com and register right away. And if you have registered and haven't downloaded the mobile app, do that right away. You can find out how right on the PMOImpactSummit.com website. You can also search for Impact Driver Network right inside your Google Play or Apple Store. And join us in the community, say hi to your peers and network with your colleagues and speakers. We can't wait to see you there. We're hosting live stream Q&As with our speakers. We've got games and prizes and so much more. So if you have not signed up for the PMO Impact Summit event, do so right now. And if you have not signed up for the mobile app, do so right now. Like right now, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. Like pause this and go do it right now. And then say hi to me in the mobile app and let me know you're there. All right, that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you for sharing your day with me and come say hi to me in the mobile app. Bye-bye for now.